Welcome to another episode of the Jam Pack Report, today for May the 4th of 2021. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you everything you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it's your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So if you enjoyed the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. However, I will say one of the biggest stories of the week has been the Epic versus Apple court case that has kicked off. And unfortunately, I can't cover every piece of news that is coming out of this court case. Number one, because a lot of it has not been confirmed. Number two, a lot of it is stuff that is quite frankly kind of irrelevant in the grand scheme of your day to day gaming routine. But it's still incredibly interesting. So if you do want to dive into everything coming out of the Epic versus Apple case, I would highly recommend you stay tuned in to the Twitter feed, not necessarily mine, but in general, a lot of reporters are digging into the details and sharing a lot of stories that are absolutely worth your time, including Epic making $5.1 billion in 2020, Sony absolutely hating crossplay. On top of that, a Samus skin could be coming to Fortnite, Rocket League is getting a next generation upgrade and bigger cross-play functionality, another Rocket League mobile game is in development, and Walmart was in fact looking into a streaming service a few years ago. Those are the highlights from day one. Again, that is a week of shows in and of itself. And so I think what I might do is after this entire court case is wrapped up, I might go through and give you a rundown of the biggest news that has been confirmed coming out of the case. But man, it is a wild time over there for Epic and Apple and fans of both as they continue to deliberate back and forth and figure out what's a monopoly, what's not, and what the situation is going forward for both of those platform holders. But let's start today's show off with the announcement of PlayStation's new partnership with Discord. The popular communication service will integrate with your social experience on PlayStation starting in 2022. This news comes from Jim Ryan, president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment. At PlayStation, we are constantly looking for new ways to enable players around the world to connect with one another, form new friendships and communities, and share fun experiences and lasting memories. It's in this spirit that we're excited to announce a new partnership with Discord, the communication service popularized by gamers and used by more than 140 million people every month around the world. Together, our teams are already hard at work connecting Discord with your social and gaming experience on PlayStation Network. Our goal is to bring the Discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year, allowing friends, groups, and communities to hang out, have fun, and communicate more easily while playing games together. To bring these experiences to life for our players, Sony Interactive Entertainment has made a minority investment as part of Discord's Series H round. From our very first conversation with co-founders Jason Centrin and Stan Vyshevsky, believe I said those names correctly, I was inspired by their lifelong love for gaming and our team shared passion to help bring friends and communities together in new ways. Empowering players to create communities and enjoy shared gaming experiences is at the heart of what we do, so we are beyond excited to start this journey with one of the world's most popular communication services. It's always a privilege to work with great partners to bring fresh experiences to our fans, and we'll have more to share in the coming months. 
Stay tuned to our channels and at Discord for all of the latest updates. So in short, this is kind of a half step towards what a lot of people were expecting Microsoft to announce. Of course, if you weren't following along with the news, there were some talks being held between Microsoft and Discord for a potential acquisition. And this is the first step towards something larger, but I'm not exactly sure how big this integration is going to be. Of course, we've seen integrations before where you can see somebody's presence and see someone's activity on Discord. For instance, if they're playing something on Xbox, that will show up and it will show you what activity they are currently doing. But in terms of integrating directly with a network, that's something that has not been done yet. And so this could be the first situation where you see Discord actually integrated with another platform holder's communication system. My big question here is how close are console and mobile affiliated here? Because Discord and PlayStation experiences are being brought closer together on console and mobile starting early next year. Does this have something to do with the way that many people already use Discord, where you see them turning to their mobile device for communication while playing their games? How does this all work together? Is this something that's done through the PlayStation app and Discord is used as a back-end service for that purpose? I want to know more about this project at hand. Ideally, Discord becomes something larger in the years ahead, because Discord is a fantastic way for communities to gather and for friends to connect. And so ideally, what this would end up being is that PlayStation kickstarts this conversation in the same way that Microsoft and Nintendo kickstarted the crossplay conversation a few years ago with Minecraft, where if PlayStation begins to integrate Discord directly into their basic communication service and increase the quality and increase the reliability and increase the ability to communicate with people on other platforms, Microsoft could get in on the game. You could see Nintendo get in on the game. And then you would have a ubiquitous communication platform where people no longer have to use a third-party service like Discord. It is the service to use across all platforms. That is incredibly powerful. That's also probably a pipe dream. I think Microsoft could do it. I think PlayStation could do it. Obviously, it's being done already on PC. Nintendo, I think they're still going to be on the fence about that entire idea. But regardless, very exciting to see, and I'm glad to see PlayStation really making a big power move uh, to get people on board and to really engage their community and show them the value that PlayStation can bring to the table. This is a big win for them, and I am very, very glad to see it. But Xbox is also bringing some pretty big wins for the week with new games featuring FPS boost officially added to the list. The update comes today, May 3rd, where they said, quote, We released our largest drop of games featuring FPS boost to date, bringing the total titles boosted to 97, many of which are included in Game Pass and EA Play, which is included with Game Pass Ultimate. Very notably, you have the entire Assassin's Creed game collection. You have Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered, Rogue, the Ezio Collection, and Unity all running at 60 frames per second across Series X and Series X. On top of that, Dying Light has also been added, running at 60 hertz on the Xbox Series X. Halo Wars 2 and Halo Spartan Assault have been added, with the latter running at 120 hertz across both Series X and Series S. And Mad Max has also been added, notably, with 120 hertz support on the Xbox Series X and 60 on the Series S. Some other big games have been added here as well. I encourage you to check out the entire list, but Gears of War 4 is another big win. 
It is worth noting, some of these are off by default on the Xbox Series X depending on the creator's preference. So if you want to play something like Gears of War 4 at 60 frames per second, you do have to go in there and turn the FPS boost capabilities on. And there's a guide on how to do that right here from Major Nelson himself embedded within the blog. Huge deal here for backward compatibility, and I talk about this frequently because if you look at some of these legacy games, I would love to go back and play them, but for instance, a game like Far Cry 4 runs at 30 frames per second, and so I might not want to go back and play it. But during the first round of FPS boost announcements, you see Far Cry 4 getting bumped up, so now it feels like a much more modern game. It still has some of those last generation textures, it still has a couple of issues that do come with having a last generation game, but the beauty of enhancing this game is that not only is Auto HDR supported, you also now have FPS boost, so this almost, in a way, feels like a remaster. And that's where a lot of these games sit today. I would love to go back and check out the Assassin's Creed collection here. I think that to see the Ezio collection running at 60 frames per second at 4K, absolutely something that I want to do. And Assassin's Creed Unity has really turned around since it was released on the Xbox One, where it ran at roughly 12 frames per second, now up to 60 FPS on the Xbox Series X. It only took a decade. Uh, regardless, if you do want to dive in, fantastic news from the team at Microsoft, and they are bringing some very big wins for backward compatibility. You do love to see it. On top of that, speaking of more big wins, coming soon to Xbox Game Pass, Red Dead Online, Final Fantasy X and X-2, FIFA 21, and more. Of course, coming soon, tomorrow, you have Dragon Quest Builders, but on top of that, FIFA 21 is coming to console and PC via EA Play. Outlast 2 also comes on May 6th to cloud, console, and PC. Steep, the snowboarding game, comes to cloud and console on May 6th. Final Fantasy X, 10-2 HD Remaster comes to console and PC on the 13th alongside Just Cause 4 Reloaded, and Psychonauts also drops on May 13th, coming to cloud, console, and PC. I think that Psychonauts could be coming to tease some kind of announcement for the E3 season, with Psychonauts 2 on the way this year. Red Dead Online is also getting added May 13th with cloud and console support, and Remnant from the Ashes comes to PC on May 13th for those subscribers. This is also one that's available now for the cloud, or excuse me, for console, uh, if you do want to dive in and check that out. There's also plenty of new updates on the way for Fallout 76, Gears Tactics, Halo Infinite, and more, uh, so stay tuned, plenty of news coming your way. The biggest win here for this newest edition of Xbox Game Pass titles is undoubtedly Red Dead Online. Of course, big games like Outlast 2, Psychonauts, and Just Cause 4 are nice, but to see Red Dead Online coming to console and coming to the cloud will really bring a big boon for this player base, and that's where the value of Game Pass really shines. In previous generations, once a game declined in popularity, it was effectively done. That's similar to what we saw with Lawbreakers, the game from Cliff Blazinski that essentially dropped. It was well received and then it just kind of died off after a couple of weeks because it couldn't compete with the likes of Battlefield and Call of Duty. With Red Dead Online, you see something similar to where it does not have that same popularity as GTA Online, but it still has a very hardcore dedicated fan base. And so to see it coming to this service means that potentially hundreds of thousands Thousands of players are going to dive in and check it out for themselves. And so it might even be one that I dive into and give a look. But if you do want to check out any of these games, Game Pass Ultimate is a fantastic way to get access to hundreds of games across your devices. 
I always feel like a shill when I'm saying this, but it really is the best deal in gaming. And it just keeps getting better. So we'll see what's coming in the weeks and months ahead. Uh, but very exciting going into the summer and fall seasons to see what games come to the service. Of course, always you will get those big first party games from Xbox. But even more so to see little gems like Just Cause 4 and Red Dead Online and Outlast 2 come to the service. Awesome to see. And then you have partnerships with EA. Ooh, it just keeps getting better. But that's not the only service that keeps getting better. PlayStation Now games for May have been announced, including Jump Force, Neo, and Streets of Rage 4. It's pretty self-explanatory there. Of course, Streets of Rage 4 is one that dropped on Game Pass as well. Uh, but to see fighting game Jump Force and Neo come to the service, some pretty big wins there. So you can play those on PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, all dropping tomorrow on May the 4th. There's an extra period in this sentence on the PlayStation blog, just to point that out, uh, because I, my friends, am a grammar fanatic. Uh, regardless, Neo, the big win here. Jump Force is a nice little accoutrement, and Streets of Rage 4 is a really good time. I played that one on Xbox Series X. It is one that is worth your time. It is worth mentioning here, Streets of Rage 4 is going to be there until November 1st, 2021. Looks like Jump Force is leaving on August 2nd, and then Neo looks to be there indefinitely. That's the only one that does not have some kind of time frame labeled on it. Uh, interesting approach there, but regardless, excited to see the future of what PlayStation now has in store. As they announce here towards the bottom of the blog, 1080p streaming capabilities are on the way. Up until now, it has only been in 720p. Super unfortunate there, but for those that are upscaling for a 4K television or for those that might still be at 1080p, this is great news. So hopefully it will still continue to improve as time goes on. Speaking of improving, Limited Run Games has absolutely improved since they launched years and years ago. But according to the Xbox Expansion Pass, a fantastic podcast if you have not had the time to check it out, it looks like Limited Run Games is now an official Xbox partner. In short, they say the following, quote, We're making really good progress. We're officially Xbox partners, so we're hoping to have more to reveal soon. It happened last year that we were officially brought on, but it's taken a really long time to just get paperwork going because Xbox wants us to do certain things first. We work with Bethesda all the time, and Microsoft just bought Bethesda, and it's really weird that the Doom releases we've done are not on Xbox. It doesn't make any sense. We work with Double Fine pretty often, we've released a few of their games, so to not have those as Xbox releases physically is weird because they're also another first party company now. So I think one of our big initial initiatives on Xbox will be to correct those things. Hopefully everything gets sorted out and we can really start going full steam ahead with Xbox soon, end quote. Awesome podcast, highly recommend you dive in and give it a listen, but for those that don't know, Limited Run has been very limited by the Xbox brand. You see a lot of games coming for PlayStation, you see some Nintendo Switch titles released as you see here with the Doom Collector's Edition, but you don't really see too much going on with Xbox. So now that they are an official Xbox partner, more could be coming. I love the possibility of seeing a limited run of Halo, or to see a limited run of the original Gears, to see these original Xbox games really brought to life, maybe looking back into the Rare collection, to see stuff like Perfect Dark and Banjo-Kazooie get limited runs. There is so much potential in that backlog that Microsoft has full control over. Now that Limited Run Games is an Xbox partner, they can make some very impressive stuff. So stay tuned, more is to come, but I think one thing you can absolutely bet on is that you will see these Bethesda games and these Double Fine games making their way to physical releases through the team at Limited Run. You do love to see it.
And to round out today's show, Stadia product head John Justice has officially left Google. This is a headline that essentially speaks for itself. Google has confirmed that John is no longer with Google and we wish him well on his next step. This news comes after Jade Raymond has left the company and started up her own team that is now developing something exclusively in partnership with PlayStation. And on top of that, you see Google announcing a shift from creating big AAA first party experiences to effectively bringing in industry partners. That doesn't bode well for the future of the platform. And to see these big industry figures leave the company as Stadia is supposedly going to be hitting its stride does not exactly fare well for the future. I was talking to my friend at work about this today and Google really missed an opportunity whenever Cyberpunk dropped and Stadia immediately became the best way for somebody to experience Cyberpunk without a very high-end next generation console or an incredibly high-end PC. That was their peak. And since then, it has just continually become lesser and lesser of an impressive service, going so far as to last week announcing that a search bar was coming to the platform. Two years after the release of the platform, it finally got a search bar, and on top of that, Imran Khan announced that it was broken. The search bar did not even work that well. Uh, and so whenever you have something happening like that, you know the Google Stadia is in a rough way. And if I had to guess, Google will eventually just use this as another service they provide to other platform holders. They can free up that server space. They can sunset Google Stadia and eventually just bring other servers online that support stuff like xCloud or that support stuff like Sony's PlayStation Now or perhaps another third party service. Or they could potentially just sunset that service altogether and reallocate that server space elsewhere. But Stadia continues to decline slowly but surely, and it is uh, kind of sad to see, quite frankly, because I believed in the future of Stadia when it was first revealed, but that pricing scheme just did not add up and it did not make sense uh, to buy something that you could not potentially own forever. And effectively, any kind of digital purchase can go away. We've had this conversation around the PlayStation Store potentially closing the PS3 and PSP stores, but in short, again, it is what it is, but Stadia just did not do it very effectively. That rounds out today's show. However, if you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about everything we talked about here today. From the Epic versus Apple Court case to PlayStation picking up a partnership with Discord, would love to hear what you have to say. But until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon and peace.